You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. Hey, Sacramento Republic fans. Happy St. Paddy's Day, and we hope everyone is staying safe and relaxed during this difficult time. Welcome to the Town FC podcast, the self-proclaimed number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento. My name is Danny, and I am joined as usual by my co-hosts, Luis and John. How are you two holding up? I'm doing good. I mean, um, it just stopped raining just a little bit here in Modesto, too. So that's good because, you know, the last thing we need is, is more rain, I think, during this time. So, yeah, you know, excited to to be on the podcast again. Uh, we did record yesterday and I actually just finished uploading our podcast, our number 10. So you guys should go check that out. Man, I am so glad it is St. Patrick's Day because I have been home with my three kids today and they have owned me. So not only that, I just wanted to say a shout out to New Glory, friends at New Glory um, for offering a quarantine special of 19% off a case of beer, which I am currently sipping on a gummy worm. Um, turns out that a case of beer is uh, $63.18 and it's $2.63 a beer. So it's a, it's a good purchase for my wife and I. And you can't beat that. So shout out to New Glory and uh, man, I, I'm I, I needed this, <laughs> needed this. And then also, uh, I want to take a minute to shout out our boys at the Two Balls and a Mike podcast, Chiva and Tony. Um, they will be hosting the upcoming uh, COVID quarantine cup. This will be a simulated FIFA tournament that will be commentated uh, by them. It's a podcast tournament that will be hosted and announced by the boys. So check them out on Twitter. Give them a follow for some fun content. Again, that's Chiva and Tony at Two Balls and a Mic. Oh, man, that's going to be so awesome. I can't wait for that. <laughs> so this evening, we're also joined by former Sac Republic defender, number 26, Elliot Horde. Thanks for joining us, Elliot. How are, have things been on this kind of hectic time? <clears throat> hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, things are going going well. Um you know, uh, staying busy uh, and just trying to stay updated on this whole coronavirus thing and um, staying informed and trying not to, to panic and, uh, you know, I guess make any crazy, crazy decisions. So, um, yeah, everything's everything's going well and just um, just hanging out, really. Yeah, just like uh, I think everybody should be relaxing, staying home and hanging out. Uh, so last we heard you were. Uh, with Hartford athletic, what are you up to these days? Yeah. So, um, when I went, I went on loan to Hartford, um, had a, had a really good positive experience when I went there, um, played eight, eight or nine games with them. And when I came back, um, the club decided to not pick up my option. Uh, and from that point I was kind of in, in between, between, uh, you know, deciding whether I wanted to continue to play or uh, start thinking about life after playing and setting up for that. So I'm still kind of in that uh, in that position. Uh, I was in preseason with one team. Uh, they offered me a contract. I did not did not accept it, and I was also made another. I was also given another offer before that, um, and I also did not accept that. So um, currently, I'm doing some private coaching. I'm uh, going to be getting into some, uh, online teaching as well. But right now, uh, my focus is, is kind of pulled in two different directions between playing and, uh, you know, uh, potentially retiring. So. Well, nice. So, um, 
Elliot, you grew up in Fresno, uh, and Fresno has always been kind of a hotbed of soccer for California and for most of the country. What was it like growing up in that community? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes I think Fresno used to get overlooked a lot uh, in soccer, but I think a lot of people starting to realize how big of a city it is and how many how much how many you know a lot of players are there and the talent uh, in the valley. Um, and yeah, Fresno, <clears throat> you know, I would say Fresno, Fresno is, uh, it gets hot there, you know, uh, it's, it's an extremely diverse city. Uh, I think that's one of the been one of the most, uh, beneficial things that I, when I grew up being part of is I was exposed to so many, so many different people, backgrounds, cultures, uh, foods, and just environments. Right. And, uh, I, I'm happy I was a part of that because it, it made me aware of just, you know, how to deal with, how to deal with different people, but also just how to have a respect for, our, um, people from, from different communities. So, uh, it, it's growing. It's, it's, it's a huge soccer city. Uh, it was sad to hear about that. They're losing. They lost their team. Uh, that the USL team is going to be moving to Monterey. They're going to be playing, I believe in the next season, USL 2021. Um, but yeah, Fresno, really, really great city. I have a lot of, um, my family's still there, a lot of good friends. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not, you know, we don't have the beach or anything, but you got the mountains real close. <clears throat> you got a lot of good hiking, snow, uh, snowboarding, anything like that. So yeah, I, I, I love Fresno. It's my, uh, it's my hometown. So Elliot, um, from Fresno, you went off to Davis. Um, tell us, you know, how was the experience of playing for such a program staple like coach Schaefer? Yeah. So Right when I got to Davis, uh, you know, I just felt right at home and my decision to go there kind of was, uh, you know, when I went on my official visit and things like that, just kind of seeing the campus and talking to the coaches. And uh, I just kind of got that innate feeling, that kind of gut feeling, just saying like, hey, like this is, this is my place, you know, this is where I belong. So um, in terms of just life experience and everything, like it was the, you know, looking back at it now, like it's definitely the probably the best time of my life. The most fun I've had. Um, don't think we, I appreciated it enough during, you know, what, what I was doing, just going to school and playing soccer and, you know, being surrounded by uh, the college life and, um, you know, being on my own, living with your buddies. Like, uh, you know, those are, those are such, such awesome times. And, uh, you know, it's not really, rea it's not reality. Right. I mean, you, you go there, you're in school, you're in college, but you know, once you finish college, you realize how good you had it. And, um, now it's time for the real world and you gotta, gotta leave your friends and you gotta start thinking about work and life and everything else. So, um, but yeah, the, the program was great. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Dwayne. We still stay in touch. Uh, Jason O'Telling is there too, as well. And former coach Eric mild, um, just really good people. Um, really cared about the players and uh, most importantly, really, you know, focus on us wanting to graduate and finish our degree. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had and, and that Dwayne gave me. Nice. Nice. Uh, what was your major while you were at Davis? Yeah. So um, I've wanted, so I've always had an interest in law enforcement. Um, I wanted to go in a criminal justice kind of field they really didn't have that. They had uh, the closest thing was sociology, the emphasis in law and society. So that's what I ended up studying. 
And with that, I did a minor in psychology. So, um, you know, as I said, it's as close as I could get to a criminal justice major, but um, not quite that. But yeah, I mean, uh, it was a good major and I, I was, I really liked my classes and, um, you know, I still kind of miss some of those undergrad courses that were fun and meeting new, new, new students and just being, you know, going to class and engaging and interacting and um, it's just good times, good times and, um, you know, some tough times as well, but also a lot of, like I said, a lot of great memories. So after Davis, uh, you returned to Fresno to play for the Fuego. Was that the plan all along after uh, leaving Davis? Um, so I the plan – so right when I left Davis, I went on trial. Um, I went to a couple combines. So I immediately moved home because that was the best place for me to get uh, the training I needed and uh, prepared for trials and things like that. And as soon as I left um, – I went home for about a month, trained, and then went on trial at Tulsa, Tulsa Roughnecks. And that was actually their inaugural season. And I made it to their last cut, like pretty much the last guy. And the week before they started, they told me they weren't going to sign me. And at the time I was playing central midfield. So I was trying out, you know, as a central midfielder. And, um, cause I grew up playing that, you know, I was actually my position for the majority of my life until the last, uh, I don't know two years of college roughly and then uh, PDL playing with the Fuego and didn't make it there so I went to go play with Fuego for a little bit Fresno Fuego and then I met an agent who actually took me to a um, to a couple of trials in Sweden and when I went to Sweden uh, a team showed a lot of interest I ended up signing with the th- third division team in Sweden called Ixolts um, which is in a city just outside of Odebro. And, um, yeah, I stayed there for about four months, played the remaining about 12 or 15 games with them and, um, had a really, really awesome experience. Uh, Sweden's a beautiful country. The city I was in was so much history and it was just a really, really great experience. And, um, you know, traveling and being on my own, I actually lived on a golf course, um, the owner, uh, he owned part of the golf course and he had a restaurant. I lived above the restaurant with another guy and they gave me his car and I had to, this is, I learned how to drive stick shift there, which was pretty, um, pretty funny. And yeah, I, I, having actually a California license was valid in Sweden. I, I don't know how, but, uh, it, it worked. So, so I, I was in Sweden right when I came back from Sweden, I, um, I went to Ireland. So I, st- I was, I was there for back in Fresno for roughly two months. The same agent took me to Ireland to go um, trial with a club called Finn Harps. Finn Harps is a team that r- was recently promoted to the Irish, um, Irish Premier League. And that was also a very unique experience because I went during, I went during January and right when I got there, it was just blistering cold and, I didn't see the sun for like three weeks and um, <clears throat> beautiful country, but uh, you know, just to play soccer in it just was, it was tough. Honestly, it was, it was really tough and just the lifestyle and culture is very different. And um, you know, uh, I, I did like it, but uh, you know, just, it, it's hard to adjust, especially being from California. 
Uh, I don't think people understand how spoiled we are here. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> went there, trained for about a month, and I was offered a re- uh, really crappy contract. Honestly, it was pretty, it was pretty poor. Uh, and I just said, you know what? No, I'm going home. When I got home, that's when I got to uh, finish off my season with uh, Fresno Fuego in the summer, in that summer PDL season. So after the the Fuego, you know, um, came you know Psych Republic, of course. Um, can you explain to us, you know, the decision to join the Republic and how did that come about? Yeah, this is actually a pretty crazy story too. Um, so uh, that season uh, in Fuego, uh, our coach at the time, Sean Lanigan, established a really good relationship with Paul Buckle. And um, throughout the year, our coach would actually go, because uh, if when we played second preseason, we were beating them. Uh, Fuego was beating them and we had a good team. And, Buckle really liked the way we played. He liked some of the players. So he uh, he wanted to establish a relationship with Sean, our PDL coach. And so Sean would go up there once a month or maybe twice a month to go and see their system and see SAC system and how they do things in X, Y, and Z and develop a better relationship to send players. So our once our season ended with, P, with Fuego, I was kind of monitoring Sac Republic. You know, I was watching their games and looking at the right back and I – and I remembered that uh, I saw Emmerich Clemente get hurt. So I was like, oh, man, like, what, what are they, you know, what's going to happen? So I was just looking at their rosters, really, you know, keeping an eye on them. And every game they were changing them. You know, one game was this player. Next game was, you know, Tavo Guzman. And it was just rotating. So, you know, I, I called Sean, my old coach, and <clears throat> I said, look, you got to call, you got to call Paul. Like, just tell him give me a chance, bring me in on a trial, whatever. Cause the, this right back position isn't, doesn't look solidified. And, um, he's like, Oh, okay. So this is like sun. I, this is like Sunday night. I call him like 7 PM. He calls Adam Smith, the assistant coach at the time for SAC. And he's like, Hey, look, you know, this is going on. Ellie gave me a call. And he's like, well, you won't believe Adam told him, said, look, you, you won't believe this, but I was calling, I was about to just call you about Elliot and to see if he was still available. And he's like, yeah, he just called me about you guys. He's like, okay, great. Can you have him tomorrow at training? So he said, yeah, let me, let me call him. So I died that night. I pack all my bags. I drive to Davis. I still have some buddies in Davis from, from college. I stayed the night, woke up, went to training. Probably had probably my best training I've ever had. Honestly, I mean, I was just, you know, pretty nervous, but also just, I just knew I was ready and, you know, I was, it was time for me to make that, to make that jump. And, uh, Paul and, uh, Graham Smith, the GM at the time, uh, just came up to me after training. Like, yeah, we're going to sign you. Um, just give us a couple of days and we're going to get you a contract. So <laughs> it was, uh, it all happened pretty quickly, which is pretty crazy. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that is an awesome story. So, in the 2017-2018 season, we felt like you were one of the most consistent players. Was that the year that you felt at your best? Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of ironic how that year, um, that's when I was, I believe that was when I was hurt, when I was coming back from injury, I think, 2017-2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think um, I think that at that time I was, uh, you know, I was definitely playing some some good football and um, especially in, in the 2018 season as well. 
Um, you know, I was pretty, I was extremely motivated after that, my minor knee injury to come back and kind of solidify my, solidify my spot. Uh, I was in a unique and kind of tough position because I built a lot of trust in the relationship with Paul and, uh, and then, you know, the next, while I was hurt, you know, they end up, Paul, they agreed to, you know, part ways and bring in Simon. And, um, my concern was, you know, Hey, look, Simon doesn't know me. I'm going to have, I'm coming in injured. So it's like, I have to earn his trust and respect, you know? So, but, um, it, things kind of just moved, molded into the way they should have. And, um, yeah, I think 2017, 2018 season was really, really good. Um, and yeah, I just, um, I think that's something that I've always tried to pride myself on and, you know, play to your strengths. Right. And one of my, I feel like one of my strengths is being consistent. Um, and not just playing, but everything I do. And it's just kind of a habit I've tried to continue to develop um, on and off the field. Nice. So, yeah, back to that uh, LAFC. Um, one of the most memorable Open Cup moments that Luis was talking about with us and his, and his ideas and his opinion was the Open Cup goal that you scored against LAFC. Can you take us uh, back to that goal um, in one of the loudest stadiums in the MLS? Um, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just thinking about it gave me chills right now because that 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 experience of that game was crazy. Um, I mean, the whole setup there is unreal. Like, I mean, they just they've done it so well and the best environment, playing environment I've been in, and um, you know, you know, leading up to the game, and I was actually playing the right mid position that game, um, so it was kind of. I mean, I can fill in that spot. It's definitely not my most natural position, but um, you just got to make it work for what it was. And yeah, I just remember uh, Jure Matisic getting the ball out wide, and I'm just kind of trailing the trailing the play a little bit. And you know, the one thing you don't want to do is get get to being being on the far side of the field uh, as the winger, as the opposite side winger. You don't want to get to the the ball too early because you might you know, you don't want to get into the box too early because you might have overrun the ball. You rather be able to attack, come onto the ball. Even if you're a little late, you can still get there rather than the ball going behind you. So I just kind of reminded myself like, Hey, just stay calm, stay patient. Um, I didn't get the initial cross, but as soon as you had shot it, the ball just went straight in the air. And I just kept my eye on the ball the whole time and just hit it. And I saw the corner wide open and I smacked it and it went in and, didn't really know what to do and celebrate and don't really score too many goals. So uh, that was kind of a funny and I get a lot of uh, grief for that, you know, telling me how I need to work on my celebrations. And um, so, yeah, that, that moment was definitely uh, a <laughs> crazy and uh, really, really great moment and highlight of, um, <laughs> of that game and just my career in general. Can you describe, so, LA, you know, they, they've done documentaries for ESPN. They've talked very highly of the 3252. Can you explain to me what it was like to play in front of that group? Because we've talked about, um, like, um, you know, Atletico Madrid had fans with flares, and they it looked like it was just the whole city was on fire. We've seen um, the TP avalanche. But what it was it like to play a against a team that has a fan base like the 3252 uh, from LAFC? Yeah, I mean, like, so those guys, I think, so when we left the warm-up, like, 
you could just see that whole shot, that whole side of the stadium just moving. Like it looked like the concrete and everything was like the every all the seats were like moving, even though obviously they weren't. But um, and then when you walk out, you know, you just see this like black kind of wall and the flags and the flares and just it's just a shot of adrenaline and nerves. And um, I remember actually Bijev telling me before that game. Uh, you know, I could just tell someone was like, what the heck's going on here? And he just looked at him. He's just like, dude, I, I, my heart, I just, it's racing way too fast. Like I can't even control it. <laughs> it was just like, it was just things like that. It just kind of reminds me of like, you know, the atmosphere um, that those fans created can uh, add that little additional pressure, a little adrenaline to, to the game. And um, yeah, they, they were nonstop, you know, just like the SAC battalion is and just like you guys, the atmosphere they create um you know it's non-stop and it's it's chaos really you can't hear anything um you know even the player 10 yards away it's like you can't you can't scream can't hear what coach is trying to tell you and really this is those are the environments where you really have to know your surroundings and what's going on because um you know i mean papa murphy's uh not papa murphy it's, yeah it's papa murphy's kind of the old one i'm thinking yeah papa murphy's park um it's loud but uh you know the one in la is like it's so loud to the point where you can't even, you know, at times you can hear the player run behind you or the player moving, whereas there, like you have to check your shoulder. You have to, you have to know what's going on behind you because you can't hear them move or you can't hear them, you know, their, their feet's taking those steps to run behind. Like you have to be constantly aware of everything. So yeah, they may, I mean, they make it, they made it extremely difficult to play against. And, um, but they also made it an amazing, uh, amazing environment to, to compete in. Yeah, I was actually at that game too. Like, uh, I, I went to it with my girlfriend who, she's actually an LAFC fan. So we got um, midsection seats. So it, you know, it was really cool to, you know, see you score that goal and for me to, you know, basically be the only fan standing up <laughs> after we scored that goal celebrating. And, you know, I think um, seeing you score that goal in front of the 3252 was like something else too, you know? It's like, you know, you got to pretty much celebrate in front of their their supporters group. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, you know, one of my favorite open cup goals, in my opinion for um, Sac Republic, because, you know, that, that was a tough game and, you know, we gave him game the whole 90 minutes and, you know, we were close to going to, to overtime. So, I mean, it, it was just a really good game, you know, just go, going up ahead in the score lane and, you know, showing them that, you know, we have a good team in Sacramento and, you know, before then we were, we weren't in the MLS of course, but, you know, we were really trying to show the MLS that, you know, we, we deserve to be an MLS. So that, that was a good moment. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it is kind of a, it's a historic game and any of those open cups are kind of story. It's a, it's a it, open cups, a platform that allows, you know, teams and players to really showcase why, um, you know, why we deserve to, why we're, we're in great team while we can compete at the, the MLS level. Um, and, you know, I'm just really saying, you know, MLS is ready for, or SAC is ready for MLS. So, um, yeah, great, great game. Great game. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to, to two years from now when, when we join MLS officially there. So, what was your favorite memory or moment while playing in Sacramento, aside maybe from, you know, this open cup moment? Uh, what, what, what would you say is your favorite moment? I mean, what, the, one of them that sounds out to me is when um, I think it was my second year. I can't, 
first or second season here when we played, uh, we did that uh, game at the end of the season against uh, Chivas from Guadalajara. And we ended up tying that game. And I know they've actually brought a, quite a few of their, I mean, they had a lot of their starters in that game. I'd say at least six or seven guys starters. It may be a mix of some of their younger players, but that game, I remember there was like barely, there was maybe a few hundred, uh, you know, maybe it was just the battalion that was really there for Sacramento. Everyone else was supporting Chivas. And it's just kind of funny how that works. But um, the, that environment was pretty rowdy and pretty intense. And it was such a back and forth game and competitive. And it just showed you a different level. Um, and, uh, you know, those guys on and Chivas, it's just like their ability and the possession, the technical, uh, technical skills were just, it was just a whole different level. And it kind of opened my eyes to um, kind of open my eyes to do things. One, just like, man, this is obviously uh, a jump, you know, it's a, it's a step up, but also that, you know, Hey, we, we can compete with this. I, I can compete with this. And um, part of it is just believing that you can, and you, you have a reason to, to be there. Whereas like, you know, you don't want to go into it being like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so shocked. Like it's about a balance of like, Hey, like there's respect. He's a good player, but also, hey, we can. Why can't we compete with them too? Um, you know, maybe on. You know, obviously they didn't have their full team, but uh, for a majority of the time, it was a good. It was a good battle, and we ended one one. And yeah, I just and I also remember like after the game, like security lost control. The fans rushed the field. Uh, there was probably like fifty or sixty people running around the field chasing players, and uh, it was kind of like, it was kind of almost like you know, you see on the TV, it was like, this is actually like a proper, you know, maybe if we were, if it was Barcelona versus someone that would not happen, but uh, it, it just kind of reminded me, I was like, man, like, I wish our, you know, <laughs> I wish people would be chasing me around. <laughs> uh, they were going after like uh, a couple of big guys from, from Chivas. But yeah, yeah I think that that's definitely a standout game. Yeah, I remember that game. I remember uh, Danny Barrera tying it up too. I think yeah. I think it was a free kick too, if I'm not mistaken. Like, well, he scored. He got but... a, yeah, he got a. Uh, it it kind of was like a free kick. He got, he got a ball pretty deep, and he took a. He got a, just passed, took a touch, and ripped. It was a rip from probably like 25 out. Oh, uh, but okay. I, I remember. I re- yeah, Danny scored that goal. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at like the the lineups of that game too, and uh, yeah, Chivas had a couple of their starters. I mean. Yeah, there's a couple of young guys there too, but I would probably say it was like a 50-50. Like, right. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. So, so piggybacking off Luisa's question, I I want to know what your favorite overall football memory uh, from anywhere that you played. I'd say, uh, well, I guess the biggest. I think there's one of the biggest, uh, I guess, changes and. Uh, jumps I made to really I think kind of catapult my uh, my playing career and things like that was the decision to make um, to to play a year up with a club in Fresno and um, that really kind of led to me being part of the the varsity team at the time as a freshman which many many didn't get to be a part of because of how competitive and how many quality players our, our high school had and just making that, t- you know, I was playing like, you know, I was playing, I was playing U14s. I wanted to play on the U15 team, was, you know, and, and that jump was a pretty big jump for me. And it, I think, you know, looking back on it was, was significant in my development and 
which ultimately led to me being part of, uh, you know, the varsity team, like I said, getting exposure to older players, higher, higher level players. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of just snowballing from there. I went from that to the varsity to getting to college and then so on. So, um, I, I can't specifically say one memory, but I think that, uh, you know, the, the opportunity and the decision to, to act on it, uh, was really, uh, critical in my development and the way, the way, uh, my, my kind of path went, my, my career in soccer and in school as well. So the important question that we have to ask, and I, and I'm being very serious because there's a, two Cruz Azul supporters and a Manchester United supporter who also supports Celtic on this podcast. What club did you grow up supporting? And if you say Rangers or city or Liverpool, I'm going to hang up. (laughs) No, I'm, um, I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm a big Chelsea. I wouldn't say I'm big. I I am a Chelsea fan. Um, I'm also, um, I started liking Chelsea, you know, probably in, high school around late middle school, early high school. And then I, I'm a huge fan of Lionel Messi. So uh, I just, by default, it's just Barcelona. Like I want to say bandwagon. I just, I just love Lionel Messi. I think, I think he's the best player in the world. So, um, you know, I have no other option, but support to support Barcelona. But I do like Barcelona a lot as well. Well, the capital, the capital city blues, shout out to the capital city blues. They yeah. will uh, appreciate your answer there because I know, <laughs> They are rabid here in Sacramento. Right. Now that they know that there's actually a Republic fan or, or player, former player that is about Chelsea, um, I think they're going to adopt you as a son now. <laughs> great, man. I, I hope that's, that's great. Um, we, need, we need more. We need more. <laughs> so two Cruz Azul, huh? Yeah, me and Danny. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We bleed blue. <laughs> it's they're bad. They're trying, to, they're trying to get me going. Uh, you're already you're already kind of going, man. Yeah, he's he's already. <laughs> I told you guys, Puma with Hector with uh, Hugo Sanchez, man. That was my that was my team growing up, man. Every time I went down to Mexico, I always had to come back with a with a Hugo Sanchez Puma jersey. He was a great player, but he's no longer playing for Puma, so you got to go for the True. real team now. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, I like uh, Liga MX. I, I enjoy watching. Uh, you know, after playing this, the Chivas, we also played against Pachuca. One season, um, lots of respect for those that those players in that league, and uh, I, I enjoy watching that 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 league. It's a fun league to watch, and I love the commentators. And I actually speaks a decent amount of Spanish, so I actually know what's going on. See, I just know enough to get me in trouble and get me out of jail. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> two two most important things. Try it. So. Um... We actually got a question that um, came in from the Fairweather pod in San Diego. They're actually a new podcast uh, for the new uh, San Diego Loyal team. Oh, okay. And so they, they wanted to ask you, um, if you had to be isolated for 30 days, um, what player would you want to be isolated with and why? Ooh. I'd probably choose Danny Alves, former Barcelona oh, wow. player, right back. Um, yeah. I, I'd say Danny Ellis because one, at least from what I've seen on social media, the guy is just a freaking jokester and just kind of <laughs> crazy and wild. But also um, he seems, you know, I think I could learn a lot from him in terms of just, you know, from still playing and uh, positionally and just, uh, yeah, I like his style. He's just kind of similar to, I, I try to do some of the things he does in terms of the attacking side of things, um, getting up the field, kind of 
being like a false outside back in a way and more like a wing back. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just always have admired him. Uh, Elliot, we wanted to thank you so much for taking the, the time to speak with us tonight and we wish you the best of luck going forward and hope you're able to join us again to discuss anything, you know, football related when it hopefully comes back soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, thank you guys, man. I mean, uh, like I said, I've been meaning to try to get, get this going and I had a, I had a great time and, um, you know, I'm going to definitely shout you guys out and get, get spread the word and do whatever I can because, uh, this is awesome. And I think you guys have, uh, some great stuff going on. Well, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. Um, and we hope to, uh, again, like Danny mentioned, hope to talk to you, uh, soon. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Th- thank you again for, for coming on too. And, you know, we, we really enjoyed hearing your story. It's, it's always cool, you know, to hear the story of, you know, how, how you got to Sacramento and then, you know, your history before then there too. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to share it with you guys. So. Well, cheers, man. Thank you very much. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Thank All right. You. Take This is Elliot Horde, and you're listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. So again, thanks to Elliot Horde for uh, taking the time this evening to join us on a very uh, festive St. Patrick's Day. Um, as we continue, we wanted to make sure we, we gave you guys some updates on what's going on in the world of soccer. Um, news this morning around 5.30 broke about the postponement of Euro 2020, um, and it's actually being moved to 2021. And no more than an hour later, Copa America um, was postponed from 2020 to 2021 as well. So we're starting to get trickles of what the coronavirus is is doing or COVID-19 is doing to um, soccer. And we hope that it doesn't affect much more, but we are seeing changes in the landscape. What are your thoughts, guys? That's kind of what I was dreading, man. And hopefully it's not a domino effect and everybody starts kind of going along with that because, um, like I said yesterday, I, I, I feel like it's hopefully going to blow over soon and we'll be back to normal. And I don't know. That's just, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, to hear for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's you know it's one of those things that you know you never you would never imagine would even happen, you know, especially being you know these two tournaments are are pretty big and you know it, I think it makes you wonder if like it's going to also affect the World Cup, you know, it's, it's World Cup is you know just around the corner as well. Um, you know, I think luckily the uh, Confederations Cup was already abolished, so you know we don't have to worry about you know that conflicting with uh, these two tournaments, but still you know it just it makes you wonder if if it'll affect the world cup too and how all that can can go down but you know luckily the world cup isn't going to be in the you know typical summer months but in the winter so you know that might help it out as well so we'll see i think we're i think we're going to see a snowball effect here guys i i really do unfortunately you know if they're pushing back major tournaments um we're in the middle of the season you know we're almost done with the seasons but I really feel as though some of these seasons are going to be pushed back, especially if they're, if they're cutting, you know, the, there was an announcement or a word put out that they were going to cancel schools for the rest of the year, um, going into the fall and starting school up. Um, you know, if there's, if they're willing to go that far, um, who's, who's to say soccer stays up. Right. So, 
I really hope that that's not the case, but I, I'm I'm thinking that we're going to see a uh, a snowball here of of soccer and and everything else getting canceled here relatively soon. But the EPL does meet on Thursday, so hopefully there's some light that is given on on that, and all we can do is wait and see. I mean, hopefully, so, you know, I I would think that you know USL has smaller smaller crowds. Hopefully, that's like a factor that they're going to take into consideration, and they bring at least the USL back. I don't know, kind of crossing my fingers for that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the hope. Um, but if they're canceling major tournaments, it's only a matter of time before they say, "Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna take a hiatus for the year." Maybe they pick up in August. I don't know. I I, I really hope that they maybe this is what takes this is what it takes to make MLS and American soccer to get on the European schedule, as we've talked about in previous episodes. You know, it's it's hard to you know, imagine that it took this to do it, but it may in the, in the long run, it may be beneficial. Who knows? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I never thought about it that way, but you know, the, that this might be, this might be when they actually do do that. So, you know, hopefully yeah. that happens and, and they, they're able to, to, you know, just be in that same schedule because, you know, as I said earlier, the, the world cup is right around the corner and it's, it's a good time for them to, to adjust to you know the schedule that everyone else in the world follows so you know hopefully yeah. that they, they end up doing that and then also um we posted on social media but don't forget tomorrow um or today sorry that um i'll be joining our friends at the fairweather podcast uh seek and strike and some other uh usl uh podcasts uh online on youtube to discuss um all things soccer related and maybe some random things as well. And then also uh, make sure you give the Fairweather podcast, Seek and Strike, um, a follow. They, they, you know, they're great content. Uh, it's not Sacramento related, but it's also good to get uh, diverse as well with your soccer knowledge. So take a, take a look on that, uh, what they offer um, on all social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then also from earlier, we talked about our boys at Two Balls and a Mic. Make sure you give them a follow for uh, the COVID uh, quarantine cup that is coming up here in the next week or so. And also thanks to our sponsor, uh, Pinecast, who has powered this pod for us tonight. And to, um, if you get a chance, take a second uh, to look at our episode notes for information of upcoming events, uh, upcoming merch, and some other things that might be there um, that you may be interested in. Yeah, and uh, as usual, as we always say, you know, like, if you don't follow us on social media yet, you know, please give us a follow, too. Um, we are on You're missing Twitter. out. You're missing out. Yeah. That's what it is. You're missing out. Especially on Twitter. not on our social media, especially on Twitter. <laughs> our Twitter has blown up today. I My hands hurt from typing. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, J- John is actually the most active on Twitter. So he's on, we're on at Cyclone FC. So um, most likely if you get a response on there, it's actually John responding to us, to you and uh, not, not me or Danny. Um, Cause we, we get on once in a while, but John is, John they lives have on jobs. There. They have jobs. <laughs> and uh, we're also on Instagram at Cyclone FC and that that's kind of managed by just all of us too. So no, no one in particular there. And um, we also have a Facebook page on uh, Cyclone FC podcast is the name of it. Um, it's around 40 something likes. We actually just started it, um, what, like a week, 
or two weeks ago, I believe, John. Week and a half ago, last Saturday. Last Saturday. Yeah, cool. And then we also have a Facebook group uh, called Sac Republic Fans. And we are actually the group that has a little over 120 fans. Uh, we're getting close to the other group uh, who I think had around 180 fans, if I'm not mistaken. So We're not close. We're not close. We're 60 away. We're 60 away. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've been growing pretty quick. So I'm, I think I'm confident that we'll get past them soon. <laughs> um, it's not a competition. It's a group. Everybody <laughs> can like the group. <laughs> So, you know, if you guys want to check that group out, you know, we, you know, we not only talk about Soccer Public, we also talk about other things soccer related as well. Um, and even some things not soccer related, you know, if you want to share anything that's going on in your community, or if there's really anything else you want to share with uh, other fellow fans, you know, please feel free to share as long as it's not spam, of course. But, <laughs> you know, feel free to check it out and, and join us there. Um, we also recently started a YouTube channel. If you uh, search on YouTube for Sacktown FC, um, and we are trying to get to a hundred subscribers. So you guys can help us by subscribing to our channel. Um, once we get to a hundred subscribers, we'll be able to do YouTube lives. And I know John has some things in the works with that too. So yeah. hey, help us reach that goal. So we're able to, you know, also be on YouTube live, possibly maybe do a live, uh, a life of our podcast as we're recording it. That could be something we do in the future, but you know, we, we do need a hundred subscribers for, for us to be able to do that. So please, you know, help us out with that. And thank you for, for doing that. Um, and then, you know, as usual, thank you for supporting us. And, you know, again, I invite you guys to check out um, episode 10, which we recorded yesterday. We talk about, you know, what's next in the world of soccer during this time. And we actually also reviewed the Cruz Azul America game, which was really good. Highly recommend. And we also talk about the possible um, MLS Liga MX uh, merger league of 50 teams. So really good pod to check out. And yeah. Let's go back to that YouTube uh, channel, though. Hit that subscribe button. Even if you have to mute us or don't watch our content, just subscribe. I know we have faces for radio. At least Danny wears a mask, right? you know help us out a little bit help us out a little bit (laughs) you might not like the content but somebody else might then he might actually even play his uh drums on on the live too so i know you guys whatever it takes whatever it takes (laughs) drums for likes drums for likes we'll call it that there we go say cars for kids 1877 cars for kids (laughs) but we'll find a new jingle for drums Well, everybody, thank you for your time. We know there's other things that you could potentially be doing with your time, um, but we really appreciate you taking a moment out of your day to listen to us and our banter. So thank you. Um, Have a great night and cheers, everybody. All right. Have a great night, everyone. See you. Bye, everyone.